You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. This is Ken, and uh, we have a mostly empty studio. However, Jeff is here with me. Yeah, uh, morning, Ken. Yeah, it's a fine uh, day. Summer seems to be finally here. And even though it's an empty studio, I'm sure it'll still be boiling hot in here. Probably. Yeah, if I'm in here, it's definitely heating up. But we have a a plethora of guests to help us out today in our game. So let's jump right into it. We'll start with one of our contestants. She is from Moreno Valley, California. And joining us on the first regular episode, she was on a bonus of uh, community, but it is Netta Winograd. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I am a civil engineer. I'm a civilian employee for the Navy. Um, I work at the Naval Surface Warfare Center in Corona. Um, moved out to Moreno Valley almost a year ago. Um, yeah, I was living in Vegas for a few years and came back when I got this job. So Awesome. Well, we uh, appreciate you joining us and being one of our contestants today. Our other contestant today is going to be Ed Sikal, and uh, he's from Cape Coral, uh, Florida. Is there any coral there? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, not a lot of coral, um, mostly swamp here. Uh, <laughs> but that's just true for any uh, place in Florida that's near the Everglades. Um, is it a cape? It is a cape. It is a cape. All right. You do have so to like that. cross a bridge to get here from from Fort Myers, which is like the bigger city or in our area. Um, but I am well. Enough about Cape Coral. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Definitely. Uh, my name is Ed. Uh, I like I said, I live in Cape Coral. I'm originally from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale area. Um, I work in uh, healthcare, uh, kind of behind the scenes insurance claim stuff for one of the bigger hospital and professional um, systems here in Southwest Florida. Um, Manage a team that pretty much is in charge of all the correspondence for a thousand plus doctors, which is a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, joining us on today's show. And uh, we need to have a host, uh, a host with the most today, Haley Stroik. Welcome back to the show. You're a Rule Guys uh, supporter, and we can't thank you enough. And you're from Madison, Wisconsin. Yes. And tell and us a little I'm, bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm a legal assistant here, and I'm super stoked to be hosting my third game for you guys today. Awesome, so. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, always always nice to have you on the show and have your support and uh, your great questions. So uh, we need to uh, separate out into teams. It's going to be Netta and Ed. Do you guys have any uh, trivia team names that you usually play with? <laughs> uh, I like to usually roll with one that references one of my favorite movies uh napoleon dynamite uh and it's uh bow to your sensei so i don't know if you want to roll with that okay i like that <laughs> yeah i like it too and uh we'll be uh chap lips in that case Ooh. yeah 
So bow to your sensei versus chapped lips. It's going to be a, a fight to the finish, and uh, we need the rules first, so we'll go to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Those are our rules. Um, let's proceed on to the game. So without further ado, Haley, take it away with question one. All right. So um, I was kind of inspired by an Audrey Hepburn quote that I saw where she said, um, everything I learned, I learned from the movies. So um, it's not just going to be movies today. We're going to go through movies, music, television, kind of things like that um, with categories that will lead to questions from all sorts of categories. So, all right. So a little uh, pop culture twist today. A little bit, yeah. So Love round it. one will be, like I said, the movies, and the category is The Trial of the Chicago Seven. One of the major figures depicted in this Aaron Sorkin film was Tom Hayden, a social and political activist who eventually became a California assemblyman and senator. His second wife was an actress who became controversial during the Vietnam War in her own right. Who is she? Yeah, controversial during the Vietnam War. Um, we could, we could roll with Jane Fonda. <laughs> I don't have a better guess. <laughs> All right. We All got right. Jane Fonda from uh, your team, bow to your sensei. And, uh, we are bowing to the sensei. We're saying the same thing. We're not a hundred percent sure, but we know she's, uh, kind of famous for protest and, uh, kind of joining the counterculture. Well, both teams are correct. It was Jane Fonda. Oh, well, All right. right. <laughs> okay. Glad to see a good start to the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the second category is My Cousin Vinny. In one of her monologues that surely won Marissa Tomei the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in this film, the opposing counsel in the trial questions her character's automotive expertise. What is the name of the process of examining potential jurors or witnesses to determine whether they're fit to serve in a trial? Uh, translated from French, it means to speak the truth. So, Jeff, have you ever been part of a jury? I have not. Yeah, me um, neither. So, I want to be because I'm very You want to be? I yeah. don't want to be. Don't call me uh, government. <laughs> um, but uh, we can't think of a French uh, phrase uh, for this. Um, I can maybe make up some stuff that I've heard in movies, but we're just going to say Vox Veritas. Yeah, I can't think of the French either. Um, do you have any ideas, Ed? No clue. And I just watched that jury duty show, and I don't know if they mentioned that on here. That was really funny, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I don't think they did either. I was learning French, but then our summer vacation plans ceased and changed, so now I'm learning another language. Uh, no, I, I can't come up with anything either. All right, so it looks like we're going to get a tap from the uh, Bow to Your Sensei. And again, we just uh, locked in with Vox Veritas, a bad answer. All right, well, the answer is Voir Dire. Um, I have heard Voir that. Voir Dire. I've never yep. heard of that. Now, now, Jeff, you were you were saying privately to me one day that uh, you want professional juries. Yes, I think I think that should be a thing in the United States. I would do Here's, that. It would still I think like anything else. It would be corrupted. No, no. I would. It, you would still right. You'd still want to randomize it. It would still be a jury of your peers. So it'd be a pool, though. But yes, but instead of but instead of paying like people like zero dollars to take a day out of work who don't know anything about the legal system, I think we should train professional jurors who also understand the legal system and then just randomly so assign here, them. Here's a problem, though. The people who sign up for that are going to want to be deciders. And people who want to be deciders, something, something, something's rotten in Denmark. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, I'm just saying if you pay them, you know, like a, a reasonable wage okay. and made it a professional thing, I think you could make it work. Conversation for another day. Yeah. For, well, when you run for president, we can talk about. Yeah, that's this. one of my uh, one of the things on my like more stupid, roundabouts and more roundabouts, professional juries. professional juries, no pennies. You know, solid platform. Right. It's, it's going to be a very interesting platform. Yeah, Haley, take it away with question three. All right, um, question three is in the category of Friday Night Lights. 
Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask a Wisconsin sports question to our hosts from Chicago. Who was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers when they won the very first Super Bowl? As of this recording, he remains the only quarterback in NFL history to lead a team to three consecutive league championships. And we can go ahead and lock the, in. The Badger. No? No. Okay. We're locked in. I don't know a thing about sports. <laughs> I'm hoping you, you got that. I do love me some football. Um, as far as Green Bay Packers quarterbacks, um, I think I want to say Bart Starr is one. Um, and I'm, I feel... I feel kind of confident in that answer. So if you want to lock in with Bart Starr, I think we might be good there. Go for it. Okay, one Bart Starr and Yeah, I mean if you if you know names like Vince Lombardi, it's hard not to also know names like Bart Starr uh from the Green Bay Packers uh and their very successful debut um when the NFL went into the Super Bowl era. So that's what we locked in with. Yep, both teams are correct. It is Bart Starr. Um, question four is in the category of Oppenheimer. In an interview reflecting on witnessing the first atomic bomb's detonation, J. Robert Oppenheimer quoted Hindu scripture when he stated, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. This piece of scripture is a dialogue between a warrior prince and the god Krishna and is often seen as the introductory text to Hinduism. What's the name of this scripture? Uh, can we get lock in? Okay. No, no clue. No, I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, I don't have anything on this one either. All right. Um, so, Ken, um, a couple Hindu texts come to mind. Um, I was thinking about um, the Upanishads, but I think that was later. I think the Vedas were the first ones. And I want to say the Rig Veda was the first among those, but we'll just say um, it was in the Vedas. And then if we need to be more specific, I'll provide that. Uh, I'm not an authority, but it sounds good. Uh, no points will be awarded here. It is from the Bhagavad Gita. Oh. So, yeah. That it one. Basically... The third one I forgot about. So I mean, no, there's several. So no authorities here. No, certainly not. No, I've, I've read Hindu philosophy um, and early Hindu texts, but yeah. Whoops. Wrong one. Okay. Um, question five is in the category of a league of their own. In this film, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League is founded by Walter Harvey, who's a chocolate bar mogul, inspired by the real-life founder of the league. Who was the real-life founder of the league? Their brand produced an iconic television commercial in 2007 for one of their products that featured two women trading silly-sounding insults over an affair. So I remember the ad. Um, I can't quite remember the product, but I'm kind of bouncing between two or three products. So I think we're we're confident enough to lock in. I do not remember that ad. Um, as far as chocolate bars. Dirty Mouth, clean it up with new Orbit gum. I believe that was the ad in reference. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know. Is Orbit the name of the um, founder? Real life founder, or is the the what company makes Orbit? Um, Wrigley might be Wrigley, Ooh. actually. I think he was a baseball guy, it, but I don't know if that's necessarily chocolate. I don't. I don't know if you're right or not. Um, but it says that in the movie, it was a char chocolate bar mogul inspired by mm. some real life founder. So it doesn't oh, necessarily. Okay. Doesn't need to be your chocolate mogul. That's true. But I don't know if you're right, right or not. But Wrigley uh, I, does own a field. I'm just saying that's that. That's true. You want to roll with it? I yeah. Let's go with Wrigley. A pretty good answer. Um, I couldn't remember what that commercial was for. I thought it was a chocolate bar, like uh, Snickers or Milky Way. So we said Mars. Well, the commercial had the line about, you know, who are you calling a cootie queen, you lint liquor? Lint liquor. <laughs> um, it was an Orbit gum commercial, and Orbit is made by Chicago's own Philip K. Wrigley. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well done. Grass the other team on that one. That was a good pool. <laughs> so at the moment, we are bowing to the sensei. Um, they have 30 points to our 20 points here at Chapped Lips. Our lips hurt really bad. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
Okay, question six is in the category of the Aristocats. Um, spoiler alert, but at the end of this film, the villain is unceremoniously packed into a trunk and sent to Timbuktu all the way from Paris, France. Timbuktu is located in which landlocked Western African country, which is also the eighth largest country on the continent? Um, Ken, if you... Uh, no, I'm locking in. Whoa, okay. Okay. You are correct. I know. And now I want to know why you know that. Because I'm smart. But why do you really know that? What do you guys think? <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I think you're smart. <laughs> I want to say Molly, but I don't know if that's right. Djibouti? <laughs> that's always a fun name to say. I believe that's out east as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to go with Molly, I'm good with going with Molly. I'm, I'm not really sure. Reluctant Molly. <laughs> All right. We do recommend Molly for uh, the answer to trivia questions and not so much for music festivals. Um, so we're going with Molly. <laughs> yep, you're both correct. It is Molly. All right. All right. <laughs> Question seven is in the category of Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle is the home to the newest NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. Instead of having a giant squid for a mascot, the team is represented by Bowie, who is what kind of mythological creature? A famous sculpture in the city is listed as Bowie's uncle on the Seattle Kraken website, which makes sense given they're the same species. All right, we're going to go ahead and lock in. We've been to Seattle. I think we missed the sculpture, so we're not sure. And um, yeah, this one's kind of stumping us, but we have a we have a solid guess, we think. So I, I know the answer. Okay. I was in Seattle <laughs> last summer. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see this sculpture, um, but it's pretty popular. It's been in like movies. It's uh, the Fremont Troll, which is under a bridge in, in Seattle. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I believe that uh, the creature is a troll. Yeah, makes so much sense. Um, so me and Jeff were thinking back to our trip to Seattle, and we're like, we didn't see any sculptures. We did see we the did. sculpture. Yep. We forgot about it. So we said uh, siren. We went at night. We did go at night. It was it was better, I think. Yep, and it is correct. It is the troll. Um, he's officially listed as a sea troll, but troll is fine. <laughs> what is a sea troll? Sea troll. Well, well earned on that that point. Okay. Question eight is in the category of catch me if you can. A memorable moment in this film shows Frank Abagnale Jr. soaking toy airplanes in a bathtub in order to easily remove the stickers of the airline's logo and reuse them on forged checks when he was pretending to be a pilot. For which airline did Frank pretend to work for? The airline shares its name with a short-lived television show about a group of flight attendants that worked for said airline. It's not Abagnale. Abagnale. We're locked in. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll find out where Neil is today and uh, bring him into the studio for his uh, bucket of cream, uh, you know, impression or whatever. Yeah, is it a bucket of cream? I don't think it's a bucket. Uh, <laughs> it might be. Turn that cream into butter. I want to say TWA. I, I do remember a TV show that had Christina Ricci in it, but I'd never actually watched it, so I don't exactly remember. But I want to say it was TWA. I. I I watched this movie recently, and I do remember um, reading up on a short-lived TV show. I believe it was on ABC called Pan Am. Oh, Pan Am. Maybe that was it. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with Pan Am. All right. So Pan Am from you guys. And uh, Ken, do you think that answer checks out? I think so. We're going to say Pan Am. That answer should check out because it is the correct answer. It is Pan Am. Okay. Uh, question nine is in the category of Coco. Dia de los Muertos is a Mexican holiday that celebrates and honors friends and loved ones who have passed on. Part of the holiday's observance is to decorate cemeteries with what orange flower? Its use in Day of the Dead celebrations led to its nickname of Flower of the Dead, despite having both culinary and medicinal uses. Jeff has an idea here. I'm not sure if it's a flower. We're not sure where where it comes from uh, specifically. Uh, we know it is a food item, though, and medicinal um, item. So 
It's got enough in common, so we're going to go with it. I always thought it came from the store. Yeah, it does come from the store, as far as I'm concerned. I believe I do actually know this one. Okay. <clears throat> um, I believe they're marigolds. Okay, that's the same flower I had in mind as well. Yeah, uh, apparently the thing that we're thinking of, Ken, is actually a root. Yeah. Uh, and we said turmeric. Hmm. Yep, it, marigolds is the correct answer. So, good job. Okay, the final question in this round is in the category of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. A future A-list actor got started in film and television by working on the crew for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where his first job was operating the trolley that took children to the land of make-believe. Which Pittsburgh native is now best known for his roles as a rich anti-hero, a freelance bio-exorcist, and a recent Spider-Man villain? All right, we have thought of an actor who fulfills the first category and the third. We can't quite put together the, the middle one, but we're going to go with it and uh, think that's enough. So we're locked in. Going off the the Spider-Man villain, the one I that immediately comes to mind is Jake Gyllenhaal. That's who I thought of first, oh. but freelance bio-exorcist. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. You do not want to say his name three times. Beetlejuice, 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 which is Michael oh, Keaton, and he okay. also played uh, Vulture. He was Batman yeah. also, yeah. Yeah. Well, glad you said that. Um, I couldn't put together the bio-exorcist things, but now that you said that, I do remember, and we did say Michael Keaton. And thank yeah, goodness, because you're kicking our butt. <laughs> Yeah, the correct answer is Michael Keaton. Um, I watched a clip of someone talking about his time on the show, and he got some kind of bit work in, you know, on camera on that show. And someone came up to this guy and said, "Hey, that Michael Keaton guy, he's going to be a big star." It's like, yeah, yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. He's Mr. Yeah. Mom. That concludes the first round. Uh, looks like we're getting our butts kicked by the sensei. Uh, Eighty points to fifty are. Our lips are just too chapped and we're distracted, so we got to pick it up in the swing round. So what do we have today? Okay, so the swing round is in the category of everything I learned, I learned from television. So what I've done is I have found a list of 10 TV shows or put together a list of 10 TV shows, um, and you need to put them in ascending order according to the number of seasons they have. So, you know, Slot one will be this show that has one season. Slot two will be the show that has two seasons, going all the way up to a show that has 10 seasons. And you'll get points for each show you have in the correct spot. Okay, so the shows are Cold Case, Avatar, The Last Airbender, House, How I Met Your Mother, Mr. Robot, Terra Nova, Mind Hunter, Schitt's Creek, Beverly Hills 90210, and Breaking Bad. We now have our questions for the swing round. We'll think about these. After these messages, we'll give our answers. Be right back. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. <laughs> 
The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. We are back with our answers. Uh, so we are going to do it by order of season. So she'll say number one, and we'll say what we thought had one season, and uh, we'll see uh, who takes the swing round. Okay. So what show did you guys have that had one season? So for the first one, we said Terra Nova. We also said Terra Nova. Yep, you are correct. It is Terra Nova. Um, it was a Steven Spielberg produced show and only lasted one season all right what show did you have listed for two seasons for that one we said mind hunter hope it comes back though we we also have uh, mind hunter down and mind hunter is correct um they said a third season is on indefinite hiatus so we'll see if that's they... great news <laughs> <laughs> always goes well and what show did you have for three seasons? Pretty sure um, this was Mr. Robot. Despite its success, we think it was a pretty short show. We um, we went with Avatar The Last Airbender here. And Avatar is correct. Ooh. And, oh, wow. Um, in discussion, you said it was told in three books, and they are the book of uh, Water, Earth, and Fire. So three seasons. Jeff, we're in trouble. And what show did you have for four seasons? We said uh, Beverly Hills 90210. I believe we got Mr. Robot here. I don't remember it having a long run, so. Mr. Robot did have four seasons. You are correct. Okay, and what did you have for five seasons? We said Breaking Bad. We also went with the greatest show of all time, Breaking Bad. Both teams are correct. It is Breaking Bad. Um, what show did you have for six seasons? We said Schitt's Creek. Netta and I also landed on Schitt's Creek. Again, both teams are correct. It was Schitt's Creek. And which show was seven seasons long? For this one, we unfortunately said Avatar. All right. Um, for this one, um, feel like seven, eight, or nine were all like... Uh, like a coin flip if there was a three-sided coin um, and went with house uh, no points ah. awarded for this it was cold case that was seven uh, seasons long well, screw up a later one yeah we're, we're really messed up here okay and which show had eight seasons this is our last possibility of getting one right I think nope oh no we might, we might I think still. we're going to get the next two uh, we got house for this one uh, we went with 90210 um, it is house, so chapped lips get points there. All right, and which show had nine seasons? This one, I'm pretty sure, because I've watched it three times, is How I Met Your Mother. Well, it's too many times. Well, it was like <laughs> I watched it, and then like I forgot I watched it, so then I rewatched it, and then like the last season came out, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna start over. So. I feel that. We have a cold case here. And Jeff is right. It is How I Met Your Mother. Which leaves the 10 season slot left. What did you have left? Uh, we said cold case. Yeah, I guess uh, we could have flipped. We were pretty sure. Yeah. Nine and 10. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was how I met your mother, but I was, uh, I guess I was wrong on that one. <laughs> I can't believe this is 90210. Yeah, this is 90210. I, I can't believe they had 10 seasons, but it did. After the swing round, both teams picked up 30 points, missing four each in that swing round. So uh, the points raised to 110 for Bow to Your Sensei and 80 to Chap Lips. Okay, and then round two of regulation is in the overarching category of everything I learned, I learned from music. So your first category is Man on the Moon by R.E.M., Neil Armstrong was the first human to set foot on the moon, who is officially recognized as the last person to walk on the moon. Don't say it. I'm going to say it this time. You're locked in. <laughs> A 2014 documentary was made about this Chicago-born astronaut that is aptly named The Last Man on the Moon. 
on, on the last episode that this question appeared on, I said, I, I got to remember this because I keep forgetting it. I keep forgetting it. And now I remember. Do you have any ideas on this one? No, no, no. Uh, Chicago born astronaut. Most of them are from Ohio because they really want to get out of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> they went to outer space. They go to outer space. <laughs> John Glenn comes to mind, but I don't know if he's ever been on the moon. That's um, better than what I got. <laughs> you roll with John Glenn then. All right. All right. John Glenn. Um, yeah, I kept swearing to myself I'd have to remember this fact, and now I do. Gene Cernan. Yep, Ken, you did remember it. It is Gene Yay. Cernan. Want to point out, John Glenn was from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question two is in the category of All-Star by Smash Mouth. In 2018, the NBA moved from having the All-Star game be named after the East and West conferences to having the teams be named after their chosen captains. Name one of the two team captains for the 2023 NBA All-Star game. Bonus points, uh, bonus two points if you can name both. Trying to think. I am a pretty big basketball fan. I don't know if you might... No way. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, I know nothing about sports. Oh, um, right. I forgot. The one, <laughs> the one name that comes to mind is LeBron. Um, LeBron, I think LeBron, I, I feel like he's just perpetually one of his captains like every year. So um, I think he's a good guess to roll with uh the other one i would probably say Giannis antetokounmpo from the milwaukee bucks yeah figuring it still had to be an east team and a west team um i i guessed probably we would start with the west team and i was thinking it was lebron from the lakers and um the only name in the east that i could think of since i can't think of a single celtic uh is Giannis. so we said teams lebron and Giannis. And both teams named both answers it is Giannis and LeBron. So good job. 12 for each points team. A team yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Question three is in the category of Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. Strawberry tongue is a condition where your tongue is red, swollen, and covered in little bumps resembling a strawberry. It's also a symptom of which infectious disease? One famous fictional victim of this disease is Beth March. Beth March. Is that one of the, the characters from Little Women? Never read it. Um, I've only watched like the Winona Ryder version <laughs> from forever ago. Did she have tuberculosis? Yeah, we grew up with TB. Okay. We agree. We think Beth March is from Little Women, and we are saying tuberculosis as well, though we're not 100%. So Beth is from Little Women. Um, unfortunately, she passed away from scarlet fever. Mm. Okay, question four is in the category of stand by your man. In the classic film, The Blues Brothers, Jake and Elwood Blues find themselves at a gig at Bob's Country Bunker, where the audience isn't enamored with their blues sound. Before they serenade the crowd with this Tammy Wynette song, they win the crowd over by playing the theme song to what Western television show? The show was on the air from 1959 to 1965 and starred a young Clint Eastwood. Not long enough, if you ask me. We can go ahead and lock in. Um, I want to, I think... I don't know. If, I I feel like Clint Eastwood was part or had a small part in Gunsmoke, but I'm not sure. I know Gunsmoke and Bonanza are Western TV shows. Um, I mean, if you think Gunsmoke, that, that sounds like it could be right. Um, I'm not too familiar with Clint Eastwood's earlier work, so um, I'll go with you on that one. All right, so they're saying Gunsmoke. Uh, Jeff? Um, do you not remember, Ken? Uh, we did a um, Blues Brothers-themed marching band routine. Oh. And uh, this is why I remember this one is Rawhide. It is Rawhide. Good job. Yeah. Roll them out. I remember that now. Head them up, move them out. All right, question five is in the category of Matilda by Harry Styles. 
In the children's book and movie Matilda, what is the name of the Iron Maiden-like torture device that Miss Trunchbull locks students in as punishment? In the book, it's described as a dark closet lined with nails and broken glass. We're locked in here. Yeah. As I, I have one of these in my bedroom. Also. I was going to say, not only did I uh, just see the, the recent uh, remake of this one, um, but Ken said that as a child, they had this in their home. So... <laughs> Uh, mostly a joking one where the siblings would put each other, but uh. no, we had uh, we had a, a closet that we called this, uh, but it was just filled with school supplies. Oh, okay, okay. I believe it was called the pokey. Okay, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's been a while. I'm, I just saw the stage play a couple years ago, or the musical. Um, it's been a while since I saw the the original movie. Um, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind is the pokey. That's right. another name for you like guys are really close. Prisons and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if it's full of nails, that's a great name. Yeah, you guys are really <laughs> close on this, uh, but unfortunately, I think it's the chokey. Oh, okay. Oh. It is the chokey. Yep, you are right. And with that question, uh, Chap Lips pulls even with uh, Body or Sensei, 122 apiece. Okay, moving on to question six. The category is, I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. An episode of the Marvel television show Loki shows the titular character parachuting out of a plane after receiving some requested ransom money. It's revealed that this is the MCU's explanation for the identity of what real-life hijacker who has never been found or conclusively identified to this day. He disappeared after parachuting out of a plane in southwestern Washington state with $200,000 in ransom money. I can't remember his name. I know, I know the story. I can't remember the name, 100%. I can't either. I, I knew the story. I've never seen Loki, unfortunately. It was like one of those things I was about to watch and never went back to. But um, yeah, I've heard this story before, but I'm going to be useless. So let's do a uh, Lucky Johnson on this but one. But he committed a crime, so he probably has three names. Yeah. We'll do, a, we'll do a Lucky Johnson. I remember the episode. I do not remember his name. I think... Um... Kind of has three names. I believe it's D.B. Cooper. That sounds that sounds right. I think there is like a Netflix doc on him recently. And uh, I do remember watching that episode in Loki and being like, huh, I've heard about that before. So Ed sounds confident and uh, the answer sounds correct. Um, so you got guys have Cooper. We have Johnson. It is D.B. Cooper. Good poll. And just like that, the lead was gone. <laughs> okay moving on to question seven the category is dancing in the dark which actress's first job was starring in the music video for this bruce springsteen hit in 1984 prior to the 90s television show that catapulted her to stardom she had a recurring role on family ties as alex keaton's girlfriend and as a teenager who discovers gwildor's cosmic key in masters of the universe we're locked in Oh, you're right. I believe this is Monica from Friends, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the actress's name at the moment. Um, Courtney Cox. Court yes. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Yeah, Courtney Cox. Well done. Uh, we do believe it's Courtney Cox. It is Courtney Cox. Uh, points to both teams. All right, question eight is in the category of The Archer by Taylor Swift. Which astrological sign is also known as the archer and is represented by the symbol of a bow and arrow? It's associated with a constellation in honor of a centaur found in Greek mythology. We're good on this one. I want to say Sagittarius, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I am, um, I'm not up on my astrological signs. I only know my own and my wife's, so... <laughs> I feel like maybe we should just go with my first gut. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I am such a Sagittarius uh, myself, so we are also going with Sagittarius. Yep, points to both teams. It is Sagittarius. Perfect. So question nine is in the category of Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. Apart from being name-dropped in this song, what Major League Baseball player's other accomplishments include nine World Series rings, being a three-time American League MVP, and setting the record for the longest hitting streak in baseball at 56 games, a record that still stands today? 
We're locked in. Really? I'm pretty sure I can lock in. I know the song, also. Jeff. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Joe DiMaggio. Yes, the man uh, who's become known for being name-dropped in songs uh, more than his baseball career. Uh, we're also saying DiMaggio. Yep, the answer is Joe DiMaggio. Right, and the final uh, question in regulation is in the category of Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. Marie Ken's favorite Curie... song. <laughs> Marie Curie's work in researching radioactivity led her to discover two new elements, which led to her receiving the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. I need the names of both of the elements that Madame Curie discovered. Yeah, Ken, we can go ahead and lock in. Mm-hmm. So trying to go back to chemistry, I know that the elements are usually named after where they were discovered or by whom. Um, I know Marie Curie died from radiation poisoning. Um, so my first thought is radium. And then which was which uh, element were you guys going to go with for the second one? Uh, yeah, barium for the second one. That's the only other thing we can think of at the moment. Okay. Radium and barium. Jeff? So thinking about Marie Curie, I'm pretty sure radon is on that list of things that she was involved with. The other one that we guessed, uh, which I think is radioactive, is cesium. So that's what we said. Unfortunately, no points are going to be awarded here. Um, The first is radium, um, but the second is polonium. It's named after Poland, where Marie Curie is from, Mm. and she was the one that discovered it. So the answers are... Yep, radium and pol- polonium. But we had to almost both there to for them. you guys. So close. So we are going to be going into the final with a ten-point deficit here at Chap Lips. We have one fifty-two, but uh, we can't uh, beat the high kicks of the Sensei because they have one sixty-two. So it's going to come down to wagers. So the final round is in the category of everything I learned. I learned from video games. And the five categories are Medal of Honor, FIFA 23, The Sims, Spore, and Portal. All right, the wagers are locked in. Let's have our questions. Okay, so question one in the final round is in the category of Medal of Honor. Which war has produced the most Medal of Honor recipients at 1,522 awards given? Um, second question is in the category of FIFA 23. Um, AFC Richmond is a playable team in this installment of the FIFA series, so here's a Ted Lasso question. Ted has a trigger word that is invoked when he wants the person he's talking to to tell the God's honest truth. It also happens to be the name of a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. What is this word? Question three is in the category of The Sims. Ask any Sims builder and they'll tell you that one of the most frustrating parts of building a house in The Sims is putting a roof on it. What's the term for a roof where two sides meet and form a ridge in the middle of the building? Uh, Question four is in the category of spore. What is the scientific process of organisms passing on genes that aid in their success to adapt to their environment over time? And the fifth question is in the category of portal. Upon completion of this game, players are serenaded by GLaDOS congratulating you for defeating her. She suggests that you can seek out further help from the research lab featured in the Half-Life series since they take place in the same universe. What's the name of this lab? All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back with our answers and see who will be today's cream of the crop. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside 
The Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. We are back and we have our answers. So it's going to come down to this. We'll see who uh, takes the cake today in the words of Gladys. Okay, so the first question was in the category of Medal of Honor. And the question was, which war has produced the most Medal of Honor recipients at 1,522 awards given? 30 points for us on this one. Um, we were thinking World War One at first, but we thought maybe uh, the time that the United States spent in that war was not long enough. We also considered Vietnam, but ultimately we're going with World War Two because Medal of Honor One was a World War Two game. Uh, we wagered 30 on this one. Um, just a weird trivia fact that I pulled from the back of my head. I believe this is the Civil War. Ooh. It is the American Civil War. Um, the Medal of Honor was created during that war, so that makes sense. World War II was in second place, but by a long shot, uh, they only gave out about 460 Medal oh, of Honors to good World fact. War II. Good so. fact. Okay, so question two was in the category of FIFA 23. And the question was, AFC Richmond is a playable team in this installment of the FIFA series, so here's a Ted Lasso question. Ted has a trigger word that is invoked when he wants the person he's talking to to tell the God's honest truth. It also happens to be the name of a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. What is this word? Well, we are not 100% sure. Uh, we wagered 10 on this one because we thought it would be a pure soccer question. Um, but we're going with Godspell. Not sure if it's Rodgers and Hammerstein, but um, we know it's a musical. For this one, we wagered 30 points as well. Um I've only seen maybe a couple episodes of Ted Lasso, and I think that was enough to get this answer, which we believe is Oklahoma. And it is Oklahoma. Good job. Okay, question three was in the category of The Sims. Um, ask any Sims builder, and they'll tell you that one of the most frustrating parts of building a house in The Sims is putting a roof on it. What's the term for a roof where two sides meet and form a ridge in the middle? Uh, 30 points again, and we're going to say uh, steepled. Uh, so we also went 30, and being a civil engineer that did a lot, I've uh, done structural engineering um, most of my career, um, we said Gable. It is Gable. Good job. Hey, Jeff. Good game. We're in danger. Oh, oh, we're not in danger. We cannot win. I don't think at this point. Well, don't ruin the tension for the for the listeners. Let's say let's say we're in danger. All right. Question four is in the category of spore. What is the scientific process of organisms passing on genes that aid in their success to adapt to their environment over time? Uh, we went with natural selection on this one for 30 points, and it seems that we've been deselected, Jeff. Um, so we went 30 on this one as well, and we just said it was evolution because it does take so time over time. So the answer I did have in mind was natural selection, but... Um, I mean, evolutions. It's it's fine. Mathematically, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last question in the round is in the category of portal. Upon completion of this game, players are serenaded by GLaDOS, congratulating you for defeating her. She suggests that you can seek out further help from the research lab featured in the Half-Life series, since they take place in the same universe. What's the name of this lab? My favorite question of the game, because I love Half-Life, uh, we're going to go with Black Mesa. We wagered 30 on this one, and we also guessed Black Mesa. And it is Black Mesa. Great job. With a commanding performance in that final round, they they did 5 for 5, 30s all the way down, so they added a whopping 150 to their score. They're breaking boards. It's the Sensei. Uh, they're going to be the cream of the crop with 312. 
You don't uh, have to say our score. It we're we're way behind. It wasn't it wasn't horrible. We lost ten points. It's going to be one forty two for us. But as I said, uh, congratulations! Out of your sensei, you are the cream of the crop. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well played, guys. Uh, great questions from Haley as well. We appreciate you uh, being our host today. Awesome quiz, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So now is the saddest time of every podcast. It's time to say goodbye. Uh, let's start with Haley, the great host uh, for today's game. Any final uh, statements from you? Oh, just thanks for having me around for a third time, and thanks for keeping keeping up with making some great podcasts. I love listening to you guys. So just thanks for everything. Of course. And thank you uh, again for uh, helping us out with this. Every time you host, it helps us. So, You know what else helps us, Ken? Uh, Haley is a Patreon supporter and we did not do a plug for that. Oh, you're going to do your pull up plug right now. Hey, go to Patreon. Uh, We'll we'll move on. Absolutely. Just check us out if you are interested in supporting us. Patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. As low as $1 a month. And uh, let's move on. Any amount. They can put in any amount, Ken. Any amount. As low as one cent a month. I think that's technically true. And uh, moving on to Ed, thank you very much for joining us on today's game. Uh, you performed admirably, and you beat our ass, basically. Our, our <laughs> ass is chapped now because uh, it's not just our lips. Uh, let's uh, go Fortunately, ahead. Fortunately, it's not transitive. Yeah. Let's go ahead and have your uh, your final statements today. Um, not the just awesome quiz um, from Haley. I'm just thankful and grateful to be on here i've been listening to you guys since uh the pandemic it's really um just helped me go through the motions and just keep my sanity so i appreciate just the opportunity to be on here oh thank you very much joining us nice nice to hear that too uh netta uh thank you again for joining us you're the you're our last contestant to say goodbye so take it away so thank you um i've always wanted to be on the show i started listening uh maybe like five, six years ago. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, so an old coworker introduced me to your show. I've been listening ever since. Um, this was great. I had a lot of fun. I feel like Ed kind of uh, carried us a lot of that, but it was definitely fun. It was definitely a team effort. I want to say that. <laughs> no, it definitely was. I don't have... Ours was also a team effort. Although that effort was in vain, it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> Very much in vain. But uh, yeah, thank you both for um, for listening to the show. And uh, Haley, thank you for hosting today. And uh, we also want to thank Airwave Media, uh, our network. Airwavemedia.com is where you can find them. And they have such great shows such as Attaboy Clarence, Investing for Beginners, and The Movies That Made Me. Got to check some of these out. And that'll do it for today's show. And for all of our guests, it's just me and Jeff in the studio, and that was Triviality.